What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to VCast, where church and culture come together. As always, if you haven't already liked or subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Give us a like, follow us, and uh, everything you do helps us to continue to reach people with the Word of God. So we love you guys. I hope you enjoy this podcast today. God bless you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to VCast. I'm your host, Jacob, and this week I have a new guest, one that you guys have not heard before, and his name is Jeremiah Pelton. Yes, doing? sir. You doing good? I'm good, man. I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah, excited. Man, no problem. I'm excited to have you here. Um, you A little while ago, Jeremiah and me were going to record, but, you know, some stuff happened, so... <laughs> But, you know, don't remind me, (laughs) but, you know, I'm glad that we're back and and I'm excited to do this with you. Um, You know, we both had the time, so it just worked perfectly. But um, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Last week, um, me and Alan, we had talked about I am loved and we went over people's longing for love, um, how Jesus loves us and then how that translate into relationship specifically between husbands and wives. And in husbands and relationship, I mean, husbands and wives and relationship, we talked about submission and um, how Mm -hmm. the Bible says that a wife is supposed to submit to her husband. And it kind of fits in what we're going to talk about today, because we are talking about I am rewarded. But when Paul brings up rewards, Mm -hmm. he brings up groups of people, those who are in authority and those who are under authority. So it kind of fits in what we're going to talk about today. And um when speaking about those under authority, I think it's important to start off with um, understanding slavery. Sure. Because that is what we're going to talk about. And before we get into it, I kind of just want the listener to understand exactly what it is, that sla- the kind of slavery that he is referring to. Right. Um, so for anybody listening, we are in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Um, if you want to read through it so that you know where we're at and what we're talking about, feel free to read through it. But let's get into it, man. So, um, again, back to that slavery. Um, was there slavery in Paul's time? And if so, what was it like? You know, I've heard that question before. Um, people nowadays that uh, feel very, um, um, feel some strong emotions about it. And they often like to use that, right, to condemn the gospel and say, well, you know, Christians are bad. And, you know, why serve God if we see slavery in the Bible and all that stuff? And it's like, I mean, yes, there, there, were, there was slavery during Paul's time. But in Paul's time, slavery was not primarily a racial issue. As all races were slaves and all races had slaves, it was economically motivated. So that's something that we got to put here as in, you know, the ground right now is establishment mm-hmm. in this. Like, this is important to know and understand context is very important to know exactly especially us being here in america sure we know that this country specifically has a history oh yeah with slavery built on um, slavery exactly and we are still um many would argue and have been arguing that still today we still benefit from those Mm. um things it it was just very bad so it's I, i see it a lot in this um in our understanding america's understanding of slavery right that that's kind of the perception that they use but you had said just a little while ago like literally five seconds ago that slavery was economically motivated right what exactly does that mean well i mean new testament era slavery was often an arrangement made to pay off a debt so when i first heard that i was like whoa that sounds very familiar 
to how uh, the indigenous people used to live. You know, if you if you study a lot of how they lived their lives, like it wasn't how we know slavery. So in our day, we can declare bankruptcy in order to get rid of our debt. Unlike us, however, the people during the time of the New Testament had no such thing. In other cases, people in extreme poverty sold themselves as slaves. So they will willingly they will willingly put themselves in that situation in in that quote unquote job, right? So they would usually sell themselves to a kind of benevolent master in order to enjoy a higher uh, quality of life. So you want to live well, then hey, do yeah. what you got to do. We even see that in um, the story of the prodigal son when he had yeah. left his father and he was literally eating the, um, the pig's food, the scraps. Sure. And he just looked at himself and he said, you know, I should return to my father and just be his slave mm. because even his slaves be to eat better than I do right wow. now. Yeah. So this understanding that even being poor, eating from the scraps, slaves ate better than that. Mm. And him knowing this decided that he would go back to his father. Now, obviously, sure. we know the story. He doesn't end up being a slave, right. but he understood how slaves were treated and he would rather be treated that way than be poor. Right. Um. So. Yeah, that that's like and super important to know because it is sort of quote unquote a job. Um, not really like now because I could quit my job whenever I want. Sure. Back then, if you paid a debt, you would have to work off that debt, so you couldn't just pick up and leave because then you would still have the rest of that debt. Um, but yeah, you you would work off, you would work off the debt, you would work um, to in order to pay back. So the question really being, would you be a slave your whole life? Mm. Well, is that something that sort of you would be born into and you were just known as a slave and that's all you ever were for the rest of your life yeah well the answer would be no right because generally by the time people were 30 they would be freed and either they had purchased their own freedom or they would be you know they would be freed by governmental emancipation so during their time as slaves most people jacob were given a formal education and specialized job training that would benefit them if they should ever be emancipated. Now, when I think about this thing, you know, it's honestly, if I can just paint a picture for you, it would be very similar like now in my life, like not many people know, but I'm like a part-time Uber driver. So, you know- I didn't I, even know that. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm, so you ever need a, a ride, you know, and I happen to be your driver, I'm that moment subjected to take you to your destination in order to make that fast cash. You know, so it's not very the same, but it's in a way of like saying, if I want to make up money fast, if I want to live better right now in my situation, I'm going to be an Uber driver, you know, but yeah, I can quit my job and stuff. I'm not going to do it forever. But here we see that by the time they were 30, they'd be freed. So <clears throat> that that's how I would often see or, or learn about how slavery was back then. Exactly. Um. And the education that was given to them was in case they would ever be freed. Yeah. They knew how to live sure. their life. They had um, skills. If you were the slave to a, a carpenter, mm -hmm. he'd probably teach you some carpentry so that when you were freed, you could be a carpenter yourself. Yes, sir. Um, so it's almost like school and job mixed together. It's like a trade school. Teach a man how to fish. Exactly. Um, and um, again, it's not that they had complete freedom. They were still slaves and they still had... To, they still had to go and work. They still had to, you know, listen to their master. But it wasn't this sort of American idea of slavery where yeah. they were completely mistreated. Yeah. At least not the majority of them were. And by their race. 
Yeah, right. and by their race, like you had said at the beginning, all races were slaves and all races had slaves yeah. during this time. Um, but now that we're, we're, we're really talking about slavery, we, I, I do want to bring this back to the church because that's exactly what who Paul is writing to. Mm. He is writing to the church. And um, I, I, I know that in, at least in America, again, I have, I, even I understand this from an American perspective, so I have to kind of compare it. Sure. I know that in America, slaves were counted as three, was it the three-fifths or three-fourths of a person? Mm. So their status followed them wherever they went. You weren't a, a person, regardless if you were at the master's, where the godless were whether you were with your master or yeah. out just in the street you had um, no rights you yeah. had no right with the master or without him you were seen as a slave um but within the church would that title of slave follow them and would that be used to belittle them within the church like how would that affect their status in the church yeah well i i'm i'm glad you brought that up because um what, one of the things that uh, how slavery worked back then it was so uh horribly portrayed to the slaves right so like if back then the slaves were free there were such thing as those slaves owning slaves that's uh, so 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 strange so the slaves that are now free would treat their slaves the same way they were treated because they were taught this is how it is and this is how you should be so you bring that to the church, understand that their status, you know, in their life did not affect their status in the church. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it was actually possible for one to be a slave and also be the elder or deacon in spiritual authority over slave masters in the church. So understand that if you were a slave, you were different in the church because it wasn't how America, you know, corrupted slavery, mm -hmm. right? It was like, you work for me, you're below me, like you were saying, in a degrading way, mm -hmm. you know? But in the church, we don't see that because there is, and I don't want to jump the gun here, but you know, in, in God, there is no say, there's no free, you know? So that, that that's my thought on it. I think even, um, we don't necessarily have that verse in the, uh, in this, oh, but no. I know, no, but I, it's great that you bring it up because now I'm kind of mad that I didn't put it in there <laughs> that, um, you know, that there is no, no man, no so woman, no slave, yeah. no master yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. I can't believe I didn't put that in yeah. there. Collagens, I mean, yeah. Man, yeah. you're, you should have helped me write this thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you, your status as a, as a slave didn't affect you in the church. Yeah. Nor would it even affect outside the church. If you were walking on the street, people wouldn't treat you any differently. Right. Because selling yourself into slavery was very common. Right. So to see like somebody else who sold themselves as a slave wasn't degrading. You know, yeah. they were probably just looking for a better opportunity that slavery offered them, which sounds so weird. But again, we are only understanding that from our American concept of slavery. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, admittedly, the, the nuanced forms of ancient slavery are diverse and complicated, which explains why scripture never expressly forbade the practice of slavery in the New Testament. Uh, understanding ancient slavery versus the cultural American perception of slavery better equips us to understand Paul's instruction for those both in and under authority. And now that we've covered all of that, um, again, we, uh, we found it very important to cover slavery because that is what we're going to be talking about. So, but now that we've covered that and hopefully we've given enough context and enough understanding to the listener, we can actually get in to the rewards that God gives and yeah. um, the kind of nature that God has and God rewards us. Um, through Paul, 
God encourages both those in and under authority to live in such a way that he can reward them both in this life and the life to come. This is what is meant by Ephesians 6, 8, which says, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Mm. Why would some preachers and teachers not concern themselves with teaching about the rewards of God? Well, I mean, I think about rewards, right? You and Kate, when we were kids in elementary school, the good, the 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 more good you did, the more stars, stickers you get, mm-hmm. right? The more prize you get, and the more uh, praise you get in front of the entire class, and uh, and I feel that uh, just how America corrupted slavery, right? It's how we view rewards. I mean, I believe many teachers actually are afraid to speak about God rewarding us for our faithfulness because it could somehow create some sort of pride in us and cause us to compete against each other in in an unhealthy way. So while this is a legitimate concern, the Bible does teach us, however, multiple times that God rewards us in a a way of of encouraging us to persevere in holiness and faithfulness. Exactly. Um, A while ago, like during this same series, there was a similar conversation that we had on the podcast that um, that there's a, a healthy way to compete mm-hmm. and an unhealthy way to compete. Yeah. And um, th- those are two um, different things. Like w- when it comes to Christianity, even within our faith, we can healthily compete against each other. Sure. Um, it, it's it is. It, there's a line that um, that needs to be walked when doing that. But you're, you're completely right. Some teachers and, and it happens a lot. You'll see like you have different types of preachers. You have those preachers that always talk about the rewards and then some <laughs> teachers that always like are very strict and they just want to punch you in the face and convict you. You know what I mean? Like they're different types of preachers. But what kind of preacher are you? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> but um, the, there's a fine line, even when it comes to the preaching, that I need to make sure that there's an enough uh, enough conviction yeah. in order for the person to reevaluate themselves sure. but also understand that i want to teach them that they are also being rewarded right and um when it comes to rewards um a concept that a lot of us put in is that at least one of the unhealthy things that we do when it comes to competing is when it, in regards to salvation Ooh. and um talk about it, it is salvation one of the rewards i receive for my good works if i keep putting in if Ooh. i keep competing is salvation something that i do receive for that wow so so in speaking of rewards from God, the Bible is not saying that we receive salvation as a reward for our works, right? No, Paul clearly establishes in the book of Ephesians that we are saved by grace through faith. And now interesting about that, though, uh, uh, we, we can still see this sort of notion where people are, are often so quick to do good works thinking they're going to get rewarded salvation because of it, you know, and, and it saddens me because that's not what the Bible has ever taught. You know, and then if that's the case, then the one time I do something wrong, that salvation is stripped from me. Exactly. You know, if there's so there's nothing I can do to be saved, right? And it, like like understand that God, we receive it through grace. God said, "Hey, this is for you. This is a gift for you," and I receive it through faith I have in Jesus Christ. So, so yeah, man, uh, we we got to change that mentality on that. Yeah. You know, the good works and salvation. Yep. Yeah. When, when Paul said, knowing whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from the Lord. Mm. Um, the Greek word he used for receive back is komizo. At, oh. at least I hope I said that right. I komizo. have no idea. Komizo. Yeah. Komizo. 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 Well, you said komizo is like more like an accent on the O. Komizo. Yeah. Komizo. I'm not sure, but um, it, it, it 
It's okay. A-O-M-I-V-O. You're forgiven, bro. You're still saved, yeah, bro. bro. I, I, th- I hope. I hope. <laughs> I, I can't speak the original language, but it, it does use the word komizo, which goes beyond merely receiving to the idea of recompense or reward. Oh. And Paul uses the word in Galatians 3.25 and 2 Corinthians 5.10, which discusses reward at final judgment. Mm. Um that's that that's that uh those two words final judgment final judgment final judgment you will receive um which can be scary for some of us but not that way what kind of judgment do believers receive at final judgment final judgment man that's good i gotta read more about that but when i hear it you know it's important to realize that the judgment of believers is intended to evaluate and bestow various degrees of reward so it's not to determine our eternal fate so you're going to hell you're going to heaven you know, I think we see that even in the uh, Egyptian, you know, uh, they, they believe that, you know, you did all this and you died and with all your gifts and stuff, you know, you get a greater reward. You know, uh, Jesus said, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be no worry for us. Yeah. Right. Um, positively, our day of testing can be a day of great rejoicing, right? Yep. The idea that as a believer in Christ, my eternal fate has been sealed the second I accept that. So again, yeah, like you just said, my final judgment is not to, atterm- right. to determine my fate. Right. It's to determine the rewards that I will be given right. that day. Um, that's that's good, man. I just want to like just just unpack this. I did bring the Egyptian. I don't want to confuse anyone. No, we're not saying that that's what we believe in. No, what I'm saying is that 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 is their that was their mentality. They were they were fearing their life. You know, I don't have this. Oh, I don't have enough. So I'm not gonna end up where you know the king is at. I, I see what so I'm trying to bring all this stuff with me into the afterlife. Right to the afterlife. Exactly. exactly. So many of them were worrisome. You know, they were they were fearing, like oh, I'm I don't have enough, you know, and, and they were scared. But I love that you brought that up, you know, that our day of testing could be a day of great rejoicing. I know that Jacob, I know if I close my eyes today, you know, and and, and the next time I open them spiritually, I'm gonna be with Jesus. Yeah. That is my joy. That is my faith that I will be with God. You know, so I don't worry about tomorrow. I don't worry about what, what I do or don't have, you know. Everything I have is in Jesus. And as long as Jesus is sitting on the throne, I'm chilling, bro. Exactly. I'm good. So, it, exactly. And um, when we were talking about, you know, rewards, like you had said earlier, that rewards are usually used to encourage us. Right. Um, it comes with us as Christians as well. We should be encouraged to do things because we are promised rewards right. in the afterlife. Now, Obviously, for that day, there will be many rejoicing, but even though we are saved, some of us might be grieving that day. Mm. Um, And and I want this not to convict, but this is to encourage. Sure. There will be some Christians on that day who will be grieved at their final judgment because although they are saved, they will receive no reward. Mm. But in 1 Corinthians 3.15, Paul says, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, right? But he himself will be saved yet as through fire. So Paul is saying, uh, it, you might not get everything that you're hoping for that day, yeah. that final judgment, and you will be suffering loss, but you will be saved. Yeah, that's yeah. through fire. Yeah. So he's still saying you still have a reason to rejoice. Right. You still have a reason to be glad, even though you might not be receiving the rewards of maybe your other brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, you will still be saved. Right. And um, that idea might be hard for some people. Yeah. The idea that on the that 
a lot of us aren't really rewarded equally but why can't we be rewarded equally you know and it's hard just by asking that question i, I can see why it's hard to digest that you know because we we come from that like i was mentioning in a public school and school system where where we we saw that uh uh unfairness you know quote unquote but you know to do so in the terms of uh, in the same context we're in would just be unjust and would encourage christians to waste their lives man doing as little as possible you know like a parent god loves and will never disown any of his children you know but he would not reward the hard working ones the same as the lazy ones yeah, and i want to make sure I, I i repeat that one more time there is a big difference you know the hard working ones and the lazy ones so it's entirely up to you that uh what what life you want to be and and i hope that as you listen to the words of that we're speaking to you you know you can you, you can be encouraged to do more for god encouraged to do the right thing because we see in the bible bro that if you know you know doing good and you don't do it what is that for you it's sin man so sheesh yeah. so it, it is tough to digest and while i was actually going through and and making this and, and understanding this um it was tough for me right but at the same time encouraging knowing that if i do put in the work i will be rewarded justly um mm. so that should encourage all of us not discourage us it should encourage us to 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 live a godly life to the best of our ability mm. right right and now that we understand how God rewards, we're going to talk about who God rewards. Okay. And God rewards those in and under authority. So when speaking of God's rewards, Paul spoke first to those under authority, children and slaves. Right. Um, children are commanded to obey and honor their parents that it may be well with you and you may live a long life or you may live long on the earth. Yeah. Those two words are remarkable and highly motivating because... Well, yeah. Yeah, because what does he say? He's like, when you obey and honor your parents, you won't be rewarded in the afterlife. You'll live a long life on <laughs> earth. Yeah. Right? So yeah. the reward for honoring and obeying your parents, for any, if we have any young listeners who, um, like around my age, I still live with my parents, mm -hmm. um, that if you obey and honor your parents, you'll live a long life on right. earth. And I was like, whoa, because all the other gifts were in the afterlife, but right. obeying and honoring your parents long life on earth so i thought that was really good but um then he also speaks to the slaves as well yeah i mean to the slaves paul said you know be obedient to those who are your masters you know in sincerity of heart doing the will of god from the heart so for us to hear that a day where there's a mayor major uh, uh emphasis on individual rights paul's words may seem you know a bit odd yeah um because again like we had talked about before obviously slaves were treated very differently right but some of their individual rights would still be impeded on again yeah. it's not it's like it's almost like signing a contract right okay. i've signed a contract and now i'm i'm working for you and let's say i'm not allowed to quit until i meet all of the agreements in this contract mm. so some of my rights are still taken away in in slavery although they were treated very fairly um they didn't really have all of those rights still like i couldn't just leave yeah I, i've committed and i've made an oath that i'm going to finish off this debt and i need to stay and do that right um so if god would command those who have no individual rights to live a godly life mm -hmm. then what does that say about us who do have those rights well to us it means you know we have literally no excuse we should have we should and are able to live a godly life to the best of our ability without the fear of legal action or persecution and we there's no 
excuse or reason. And, and, and I like the word excuse, but you know, I, I even like to use even the word no reason. You know, you don't even have that reason. You know, like you have every reason to live a godly life. No reason to the opposite. Yeah. So um, th that's what he says to those that are you know under the authority that to um, live a godly life and what it says for us, although he doesn't specifically address those who are under authority yet free like right. we are. Um, we understand that if they are commanded to live a godly life, although they are under authority and have no individual rights, me we, having yeah. individual rights means I must do even more. It's good, really. But um, having addressed those under authority, Paul then addressed those in authority, um, parents and slave masters, specifically okay. fathers, um, as examples of how God commands those in authority to bless and to act in a godly way to those that are under them under authority, and yeah. reward those under authority with love and passion. So fathers are told to not provoke their children to wrath, but bring them up in training and admonition of the Lord. Um, a father is not to act harshly. Instead, he's to be a blessing from the Lord to yeah. his children. Um, really, he's to be a pastor to his children. And a provision. Yeah, and, and to just be involved in every aspect of their life. Slave masters are told to use their authority as Jesus would use his. Um, Ephesians 6, 9, Paul said, Are you and you masters, do the same th things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven you and there that? is no partiality. There it is. There it is. There you go. That's um, so last week, I'm bringing that up again because it fits so well with what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, we had talked about submission but um, with a wife to her husband. Mm -hmm. And um, although love, the love that we get from God comes with no condition, Obedience and submission come with a condition, mm. and it's that you love me unconditionally. Yeah. Right. So, um, um, a wife is not to, uh, meant to blindly obey and submit to an abusive husband. She's only meant to obey and submit if he loves her the way Christ loves her. Right. And it's the same thing with slaves. Mm. Um, if the master is not showing the love of Christ to you, then you have no condition by which to obey and submit to them. Um. But um, masters are, are told to see Jesus as their master, yeah. to whom they are accountable and were called to love those under their authority. There's a book in the Bible that perfectly illustrates this whole thing, and it's a okay. really short book, um, Philemon. Oh, yeah. Which is a great book on this. Um, the, Paul's letter to Philemon, he's basically writing... Um, to Philemon, he's writing to Philemon about his slave, um, o Onesimus. About Philemon's slave, yeah. Yeah, about Phi Philemon's slave. So Philemon has a slave whose name yeah. is um, Onesimus or yep. Onesimus. He stole money from Philemon. He fled. He then encountered Paul, became mm. saved. So now Paul is telling Philemon mm. to take back Onesimus, not as a slave, but as a brother. <laughs> Whoa. Exactly. Wow. Um, it, it's and it's very weird for us to hear again with that American perception of slavery. But Paul says, although he is your slave, you are not to receive him as a slave. You are re to receive him as a brother. So it is a testimony of the transforming power of Jesus in relationships and shows how Paul subverted the cultural views of authority of that day in slave master relationships. Yeah, yeah. No, because Philemon was in trouble, man. Yeah. It, it, like, th through the Roman law, bro, by that law, he was in really, he could have been in prison and really, really big trouble. Yeah, so, specifically if he wasn't a Roman citizen himself, it yeah. would, the punishment would even be worse. 
Yeah. And I love that story because, you know, Paul, he doesn't mention resurrection, the death of Jesus, interestingly enough. But he and he just shows how the gospel acts as that wonderful, you know, bridge. You know, he he in that moment steps in between both. Right. Between Philemon and Onesimus, you know, like how Jesus stepped in between, you know, the uh, the father and, you know, and and uh, us uh, sinners. So, wow. Amazing stuff, man. But yeah, I mean, every Christian ultimately works for Jesus. You know, so Jesus' estimation of your life and works is all that will matter in the end. Honestly, nothing else will. And I tell one of the kids, and I'm a dean at the school, Living Word Academy, and I tell all the kids, all that you do, you know, at your work, you're doing it for God. You know, you're working for God. All the teachers, you know, when we do devotions, I tell them, hey, what you guys are doing may seem like, you know, you're not impacting anyone yet because the kids are still here. But 20 years from now, they will. And that's all for the glory of God. So we should then work hard and honestly for Jesus, you know, not just when others are looking, you know, but all the time because Jesus is always watching, bro. He's always looking. So and, and honestly, this makes me very joyful because we can rest assured that if we work in this way for the Lord, he will, bro. He will reward us in this life and the life to come. So we're not wasting our lives, but rather investing them for a reward, you know? So I know that nothing that I'm doing, this hard work, like Paul said, is not in vain. So, yeah, man. Awesome, awesome talk, bro. Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so we can get the word of God out to everyone everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.